good to look out and see such a great crowd here today. It's just really good day to be here at church. Welcome to those tuning in online as well. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, we get to wrap up this sermon series, and I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, we started back on Easter morning and, and really talking about getting back to some of the basics. What does it look like if Jesus really is the king of our life? How will it affect our everyday life? And, and so that's really what we've been going through these last few weeks. Um, before I jump in today, real quick, a couple announcements just to let you guys know about one. Our community meal is this week, this Wednesday night. Uh, we're grilling hot dogs, so we're going to need some help with that. Uh, you can go to, to mycornerstone.fyi. You can uh, look at upcoming events, and you can see a list there uh, of how to sign up and help with that community meal. So uh, we're doing it a drive through meal again. Uh, we're looking at hopefully June, may, may, maybe being able to go back in person. That's, that's our goal date uh, for that. We'll just kind of see uh, what we can work out there. But uh, we're still doing drive through so if you want to help with that, it's a great way to meet some people here in our community. Uh, another thing that we are doing, um, uh, as you may know, there's a couple of uh, young uh, children in our community that are battling cancer right now. Uh, last month, we did something special for Max, who many of you know. Uh, this month, um, we want to do something for uh, a, a little young guy named Caden Roberts. I've got a picture of Caden here. I don't know if y'all know him or not. Uh, Four-year-old, he's got acute lymphoblastic leukemia. Uh, we want to do, he's right here in our community. What we want to do is do a gift card drive. And gas cards, uh, uh, Walmart, Amazon, Target, uh, what, you know, get, just do a gift card drive. And you can, if you can pick up a gift card and bring by the church next, uh, during the week, uh, next Sunday, uh, we'll get them all together, put them in a care package and give to the family. And just a way to share some love. Uh, for, for a family going through a lot. Uh, as you uh, may or may not know, uh, there's a lot of travel involved uh, for treatments and things like that. So we just want to be a blessing. So just a way for you to, to share some love. Um, and so we'll be sending out some info about it this week and posting on social media. But I wanted to give you guys a heads up. And, and then one more announcement. We do have youth tonight. So our 5-6 group and our 7th through 12th grade group, they meet at 6.30. Is that right? So 6.30 tonight. Uh, here at the church. So that's all the announcements out of the way. Uh, just letting you know kind of what's going on and how to get involved here. Um, we, uh, it's always, there's, if you're not connected with a life group, there's life groups going on right now. Uh, there's a, a new women's group that's just starting back up. Uh, lots of stuff going on. So lots of ways that you guys can get plugged in here. Uh, today is the final day of our sermon series called Love Reigns. We really have been challenging ourselves to, to what does it look like to allow God to reign in every area of our life. We've looked at how he reigns in our past, how he reigns in our present, how he reigns today into our future. Um, and so if Jesus is king, and, and we believe that he's the king, right? He proved it by the resurrection, then it's going to change how we live our life. The first week on Easter, we celebrated the, the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We celebrate because the resurrection is the proof that Jesus is the true king of the world, who has authority over everything. And we've got to submit to him, surrender to him. That's what we sang about this morning. And when we obey Jesus, we start experiencing the life that he has created, that he has intended for us. 
The second week, we looked at how God reigns over our past. And no matter what mistakes, uh, no matter what sin is in your past, no, uh, we know that we can find forgiveness and a fresh start when we put our faith and our trust in Jesus. And then, uh, last week, we discovered how God's love gives us hope and promise for our present. We, uh, we can create habits and choices that enable us to experience this true life uh, that Jesus has for us. Uh, so uh, today we get to talk about how God can reign over our future and, and really about what it looks like to create a legacy long after we're gone. Uh, I don't know, growing up, there's a toy we had, and I don't know if you guys have seen it. It goes way back. It was actually created in the 50s. Uh, it's called the Magic 8-Ball. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Uh, you shake it up, and it would say these different things. Y'all, y'all nod your head if you've seen this, right? Okay. Yeah, y'all seen this, so you, you know what I'm talking about. And, and this is, you know, the, the, if you had a question, you could check this thing up, and it would spit you back a, a, an answer. And usually it would say, don't count on it. You remember that one? Uh, or uh, better not tell you now, uh, or uh, ask again later, or signs point to yes, and had these different answers that would pop up. And, uh, you know, I think kids, as kids, you're like fascinated, like trying to get an answer, trying to predict what the future is going to hold. I want you to think about this. How much has changed over our lifetime? How much has changed over our lifetime? Um, Think about that. Uh, uh, You know, no matter how old you are, there's been change that's happened since you've been born. Uh, For some of you, there's a little more change than others, right? Uh, But there's been a lot of change that that took place. For me, uh, I think about how much has changed since I was growing up as a little kid and grew up just a couple of blocks away, you know. So I was riding my bike down these streets and spending my quarters at Hop In and, and just hanging out downtown here. Uh, you know, it, it, a lot's changed since I used to roam these streets as like a, you know, 8, 10-year-old. Back then, 8, 10-year-olds, we were just, you know, you, you were on your own during the day because you could do that. Uh, and, you know, playing on the ball field here at the school, uh, you know, uh, playing basketball at the rec center and playing baseball at, at, on the field over here. Uh, one of the highlights of my childhood uh, was playing Little League over here at the, the field, right? That you can see right there at the elementary school. And I hit a home run and busted a windshield out of a car. That's like the highlight. And, and, and Satch was my coach, if you all remember Satch, right? I mean, that, that's, the, that's, you know, you think about those memories you've created and, and think about the changes. Now I probably couldn't even hit a baseball, but back then, I mean, that was like, you just think about how everything has changed and uh, going on to high school and the changes of picking a career and going to college and getting married and, and then, uh, you know, you blink an eye and you've got three kids and uh, my daughter's married, my son's graduating in two weeks from college, and then get, he's getting married in August, and then Drew's almost finishing up high school. It's just like crazy right now, all the change that's taking place. Um, I think even about the changes that have taken place since Cornerstone started. Uh, Cornerstone, we started back in 2004. A lot's changed since then. We thought we were high-tech when we started, uh, but you realize the iPhone didn't even exist when Cornerstone started. Right? Uh, it, a lot's changed. Facebook. Uh, Facebook really didn't go public until about 2007 or so. Six, seven is when people actually started. You could get on if you weren't a college student. So 
uh, when we started as a, as a church, Facebook really didn't exist as it does now. The iPhone didn't exist. The uh, live streaming didn't exist. All this stuff. A lot, we've experienced a lot of change. Uh, we've gone from meeting at up to par to Oakland Elementary School to Gladeville Elementary School to, to here. And man, I, I just think about that. The kids that were, I mean, when we started, first started attending Cornerstone, Drew was a baby, less than a year old. Now he's 17, almost 17. Uh, do you, does it just overwhelm you sometimes thinking about how quickly things change? And then we throw in this past year. Goodness gracious. So I think we've experienced more change in this past year. It feels like to me, it feels like I've aged a decade in a year. And, and I, you know, you just think about everything we've seen since the start of the pandemic. How we, it changed how we attend church. It changed how we shop. It changed how school is done and education. It changed how we eat out. It changed how we gather. It changed all the festivals and events and and some of these things are slowly going back to the way they were before. And some of these things will never be the same again. And so as more people get vaccinated, it seems like, you know, a lot of people I know have already gotten COVID. Things will start slowly coming back to, to what it was before. But it's going to be different. And I know that one of the things that's going to be tough is that we've experienced a lot of losses uh, collectively as a society. Uh, for some of you, you've experienced missed events, graduations and weddings and uh, maybe uh, family get-togethers. And we've seen people uh, that have just kind of quit going to church and gotten used to not going to church. And we've seen people struggling with the loss of loved ones, not being able to see their loved ones, and then the guilt of not being able to be there when they were suffering and all of that, right, is what we're, we're struggling with. I think what I've seen with all of this change, the thing that stands out to me the most in our society today is what I see is a loss of hope. I've seen so many people lose hope about the future. They've lost this sense of expectancy and, and joy and, you know, this excitement about what, you know, what's God's going to do next. We, we've lost a little bit of that. And, and we've been in this survival mode. Just, let's just hang on and get through this. And, and I hope that, that today we can kind of reach down and, and let God touch our hearts in a way that will bring us back to life. That will help us understand that we do have hope and it causes us to live differently. Now, I listened to a podcast this week with uh, Rick Warren and he was talking and, and the, the term that he used, he said there is a coming tsunami of mental health, uh, mental health illness coming that, that we're just going to see. We're going to be overwhelmed. We've already seen the rise in addiction, right? Uh, because of the pandemic. But what we're, what's coming next is everybody dealing with all of these losses. It's going gonna, it's gonna to really hit and it's going to hit hard. Our mental health services are going to be overwhelmed. People are going to be struggling. Uh, I think we're, I mean, I, I'm telling you now, we're going to see rise in suicide rates. We're going to see rise in drug addiction. That's on the horizon. And what this world desperately needs right now is the hope of Jesus. And so who's going to share it? Who's going to go and, and help people find hope in a world that's full of hurting people? 
That, that responsibility is ours. And, and, and I hope you, you, you realize that, that if you're here today, and, and I'm just telling you what happens when we start losing hope, we start getting a little more on edge. We start getting a little more stressed out. We start getting a little more irritable. Uh, we start not showing patience to the people around us. But what you really need is true hope. So what is hope? Well, if you're taking notes today, here's, uh, here's the first point. True hope, it's not just wishful thinking. It's trusting in the promises of God. That's what hope really is. It's not just, I hope this is going to happen. And that's typically how we use it in the English language. We say, I don't know what's going to happen, but I hope it happens. But that's not biblical hope. Uh, there's so many verses about hope in Scripture. Like 1 Peter 1, it says, Prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all of your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So that's where our hope, we, we put our hope in the salvation uh, that comes from Jesus. Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us a little more about hope. It says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. So the faith is the evidence of that, right? It's the evidence of things we cannot see. And I'll add, it's what we cannot see, but we trust to be true even though we can't see them. That's hope, right? That, that's how faith is demonstrated. Romans 15, uh, I pray that God, the source of our hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so when I read that, uh, I mean, that, that just kind of, doesn't that just, it's pretty plain. If we're full of hope, then we're going to be full of joy. If we're full of hope, we're going to be confident. If we're full of hope, then we're not going to be walking around controlled by fear uh, and, and, and just worried about everything that's going to happen in the future because we know we can trust in the promises of God. Now, I know some people are still going to struggle with anxiety and worry, and, and, but I'm telling you, what we've got to learn to do is keep trusting in God's promise. That's what we go back to. That's what, that's what, that's what anchors us. When the world is crazy all around us, we still have hope. Uh, that's the type of, of abundant life that Jesus wants us to experience. It's not a life full of fear and worry. It's a life full of hope. And so that's why I hope it's not wishful thinking. It's not, I don't know if it's going to happen or I hope it's happening. No, Christian hope is that when God has promised something's going to happen and that you put your trust in that promise, uh, it, you're just saying, I believe it. I know God has said it. I'm going to trust it and I'm going to live my life in response to that. Christian hope is this confidence that it's going to come to pass because God has promised it. It's what God said. And so I'll just say this. I know for, for many of you, you've probably wondered, what will the future hold for my life? And, and, and that's, I mean, and again, I think back over my life and there have been a lot of changes that I did not see coming. And I think for, for me, maybe you, you would say the same thing. You, you look back at the twists and the turns 
and the surprises and the job changes and the loss and the family emergencies and crises. You didn't see those coming. And you don't know what the future is always going to hold. But I, I have a feeling that for many of us, we have a worry Something is stressing us. We have anxiety about something that is outside of our control. And yet it still paralyzes us with fear sometimes. I want to ask you to do something. I want you to take a moment right now. And I want you to just think. What is one thing? What is one thing that is causing you worry and anxiety and fear right now? What is it? Just kind of think, kind of follow it away in your mind. We'll come back to it later. But I want you to think, if you're watching online and you're brave enough, go ahead and and, and post a comment and share with us. What is that that's causing you fear or anxiety or worry? Is it money? Is it job security? Is it your retirement? Is it your health? Is it your marriage? Is it your parenting? Is it COVID? Is it government? (laughs) Right? Uh, What are you struggling with right now when you think about the future? What is it that you're worried about? What is it that's causing you to lose sleep at night and you wake up and you just break out in that cold sweat and you're thinking, I want you to to at least take some time to identify it in your mind right now. And if you've got something to take notes on, write it down and and hold on to it. Here's what I want you to know. When we worry about uh, things, it doesn't change anything. It doesn't change anything. In fact, we worry about things that we cannot control. We worry about our finances. We worry about our family, our jobs, or getting sick. We worry about everything. But worrying does not improve the situation. Worrying, the only way we can cure this sickness of worry is to trust in the love of God and let the love of God rule in our hearts and our minds. That's why this whole series is called Love Reigns. Let's look at Matthew chapter 6. If you got your Bibles, flip there. This is our main passage for today. Right in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' longest and most extended teaching, His sermon uh, in Scripture that we have recorded. He's challenging every assumption that they have made about how to live life. And in the middle of this, uh, we read about uh, why he says, what He says about worry. In verse 25, uh, this is what Jesus says. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Uh, Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? Just let that soak in a minute. How much time do we spend worrying about things? And what what worry really is, is we're telling God that we don't trust God enough that He can handle our problems. Our problems are bigger than you, God. It's too much for you to handle, so I'm just going to have to hold on to it, and I'm going to have to fix this myself. That's pretty arrogant, isn't it? When we, really, when we spend all of our time worrying, that's what we're doing. And, and what Jesus says, why do we worry about all this? If your heavenly Father is going to take care of a sparrow, um, isn't, he, it, you know, isn't He going to care about you? Um, isn't He going to care about you? 
And, and so if you're here this morning, if you've lost hope, here's what I want you to know. Here's, here's really, uh, I want you to know that God sees you. He sees you. He knows what you're going through. He cares about you. He has not forgotten you. He still loves you. And he still desires that you live a life that's focused on God and not on things you cannot control. So many of us, right? I think this, I agree with Rick Warren. We're going to see a coming tsunami of of mental health crisis because so many people have been conditioned in this past year to live life full of worry, anxiety, and fear. And it's going to be hard to let go of. It's going to be hard to let go of, but we've got to go back and focus on what Jesus has told us. We cannot worry about our daily needs. We, you know, uh, we don't worry about all of that stuff because our lives are more than just our physical desires. God, he says, look, just look, you know, look at creation and I'll prove it to you. Look at all these birds. Uh, They're not anxious about what they're going to do. They're living in the moment because God is providing for them. And if God can take care of them, he can take care of you. We're loved by God. He sees us. He knows us. He knows us even better than we know ourselves. It reminds me of the line in the Lord's Prayer uh, where we say, Give us this day our daily bread. Right? That kind of points back to when the Israelites were in the wilderness and God provided manna from heaven for them each day, right? How much did they collect each day? Do you remember, and in, in, it's in Exodus 16, I believe, it talks about what they, they collected, they gathered as much as they needed for that day. Nothing less, nothing more. And each day, God provided for them. He gave them their daily bread. He gave them everything they needed for that day. That's what Jesus is referring I'm going to give you what you need day by day. When you need it, not before. Uh, you don't have to. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you what you need to get through this day that you're in. That's what it looks like trusting God. Worry, uh, it doesn't add hours to your life. In fact, it takes hours of way. Uh, you can see so many medical studies that show the physiological responses and effects of worry causes heart problems it causes health it causes uh, it causes all sorts of issues in your body when you worry all the time uh, i know for me um a few years ago and i've shared a little bit about this but um i was you know it's easy to get caught up in watching the news right i think we've all probably done it at some point in time and and here's what i started the more i watched news the more anxious, worried, upset uh, I got, right? And it, it doesn't take long to realize that's what the media, that drives their ratings. They can get people upset. They can get people arguing. You know, you've, almost any time you turn on the news now, they're yelling and talking over each other. That's just part of how it goes now. I mean, that's part of, uh, there's no civil discourse. It's all just who can be the loudest and who can be the most extreme to get their point across. And that goes for every party. It goes for every media outlet. That's just how it is transformed. Here's what I learned. 
the more I watched that, the more anxious and more irritable I was in response to that. And so for me, that meant I had to pull back. doesn't mean I ignore what's on the news. It just means I don't watch it. I read what I want to read when I want to read it. And I, and I don't let the media tell me how I should feel. There's too much of that going on right now. We can't let the media tell us this is how you've got to live your life and this is how you've got to feel. We need to let God tell us how to feel. We need to let God tell us what to be concerned about. We need to let God tell us this is what your life is for. Not somebody sitting behind a desk in some newsroom that doesn't even know you. I I just, again, I think we've got to get back to this place. Who is speaking into our lives and who cares about us? God cares about us. God sees us. God knows what is best for us. And so for many of us, I think we're letting people that could care less about us and our families dictate how we live. I'm just telling you, politicians aren't going to fix it and the media is not going to fix it. We need God. At the center of our families. Uh, You know, it just takes me back. There's a verse. I think it is probably overused a little bit. uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. But it's a good verse. And sometimes we just have to remind ourselves. And God spoke this promise to the Israelites. But I think it applies to us today. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. I just want to ask you today, do you believe that God has a future and a hope for you, right? That He has a preferred plan for your life. That He has a preferred will. That He has laid out for you a a life that is good and pleasing. It may not be an easy life, but He's laid out a life for you. Right, That is good. It's not to give you harm. It's not to bring evil on you. And we've talked about this before, that God never does anything evil. It's not even in His nature. He couldn't do it. There'll be trials and temptations. Uh, The temptations come from Satan. The trials help bring us closer to God sometimes. But they're, they're very different things. And so the question we have to know is, okay, when we have to make a decision, when we're struggling with worry, when we're struggling with anxiety, when we're struggling to know what our future plan is, how do we make a decision? How do we bring it back? How do we honor God? How do we keep from getting paralyzed by fear? There's a couple of things. We have to ask ourselves, does this opportunity, right? does this choice, does it align with Scripture? That's the first question we've got to say. When we're making a choice, when we're making a decision, we line it up with Scripture. If it goes against Scripture, I can tell you right now, you can stop right there and say, okay, this is not best. This is not what God intended for me. And and again, I'm afraid in our culture today, we don't even do that. We say, how does this make me feel? Not what does God say about it? And so the first thing we do is say, how does this align with Scripture? If we did this, would it violate some kind of a, a command or direction that God has already given us? If so, then you don't do it. Uh, the second question we've got to ask, will this opportunity make me more like Jesus? That's a good question to ask. Anytime you're faced with a choice, is this going to make me more like Jesus? Is it going to make me more like Jesus or is it going to lead me away from Jesus. 
Will it help shape you and mold you into the person that God desires you to be? Uh, the third question you've got to ask yourself is, will this opportunity, will this choice, will it benefit others? Or is it all about me? Again, I think we go back to this past year. We've seen a lot of uh, self-preservation. <laughs> all right. Any time that people are riding and fighting over toilet paper, it's not, you're not thinking about what benefits others. You're thinking about what, how can I protect myself? How can I get what I need? Right? And so when we're thinking about the choices and the decisions of our future, we've got to think, okay, if I did this, is it going to be, enable me to be a blessing to the other people around me? God is looking for people willing to surrender and submit to Him, allowing love to reign in our life. And so uh, there's a quote that Mark Twain has been, um, attrib- it's been attributed to him. Uh, as with mo- most Mark Twain quotes, I don't really know who said them, but uh, he said this, The two most important days of your life are the day when you are born and the day you find out why. The day you're born and the day you find out why. And I feel like God has created us with this purpose and, and given us a passion to live out that life He's created us for. And yet, so many of us, we're still struggling living in that worry and anxiety and fear that's holding us back, keeping us from living that life that God has planned. And so that kind of brings me to my next point. If you really need hope, you've got to seek God. You've got to, you've just got to get on your knees, spend time with God, seek Him above everything else. Um, As we keep going in Matthew chapter 6, after he talks about the birds, this is what he says in verse 28. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things. Saying, what will we eat? And what will we drink? And what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Those are the materialistic thoughts of the world. Um, And he says, your heavenly father already knows all of your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek first the kingdom of God, right? Then live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Amen. There's so much truth in this. And I know this is a familiar passage. You've probably heard it before. But verse 33 is such a key in this. We seek first the kingdom of God. That is our priority. Once we learn to see the kingdom of God at work around us, we see how God is moving and working, and we join Him and serve Him and live under that kingdom. Allowing Him to rule and reign over our life, right? That's going to change everything about our life. It's going, to, it's going to help us understand that the things that we're worrying about weren't really that important to start with. I'm afraid, right, that we just keep forgetting this over and over. 
I'm afraid that people are losing their priorities. Instead of seeking first the kingdom of God, they're seeking first their rest and their relaxation. They're seeking first. Even family is a good thing, but if we make our families an idol, right, that prevent us from serving God or being with God, then that's a problem. We've got to be careful, right? Uh, Jesus says if we seek God first, then everything else is going to have a, 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 a way of just falling together. You've probably seen that illustration before, right? Where if you get a, a big jar and you put a bunch of uh, small rocks in it, the big rocks won't fit. Have you seen this before, right? Uh, you put the small rocks in first, the big rocks don't fit. But if you put the big rocks in first, then the small rocks just kind of fill in the gaps and you can fill the whole jar. Um. That's really what it looks like when we seek first the kingdom of God. That's the big stuff. Everything else is going to work out. Everything else is going to fit in when we put God first. The problem is, uh, I think everybody's trying to fit all the stuff in their life and they're leaving God out. And, And that's why Jesus says, if you're worried about the future, you've got to trust me. You've got to just simply Trust me, today has enough to worry about, so why are you worrying about tomorrow? That kind of brings me to my final point, and I'll close today, is that if we want to live with hope, it's going to require some urgency in our life. It doesn't mean we sit back and do nothing. It means that we've got to make the most of every day. We don't know how long we've got left on this earth. Jesus may come back tomorrow. He really could. I mean, you look at this world around us, Jesus could come back at any time. But if we live, uh, you know, uh, if we don't know when our, our physical lives are going to come to an end. Psalm 90 verse 12 says this, Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. The brevity, the briefness, the shortness of life. And I'm just telling you, right? I mean, the older we get, the briefer life seems. When you're a little kid, you're like, man, those people that are 40 years old, they are old, they're ancient. And then you get like 30 and you're like, 40 doesn't sound that old. Then you get 40 and you're like, 50's not that old. And then I'm, I'm getting closer and closer to 50 and I'm thinking, you know, 60 and 70 still sounds pretty young to me. It just changes, Right? The older you get, you realize life is brief. I heard Billy Graham say one time that what surprised him most about his life, he said the brevity of it. The brevity of life. And so what we've got to understand is just going back to Romans 15 that we read earlier, right? What Paul said, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. We've got to realize we don't have time to waste. Do you realize in a typical life you spend six months sitting at stoplights? Eight months uh, opening junk mail? (laughs) That's probably getting a little less now. Probably think about how much junk email you spend deleting. One year looking for stuff that's misplaced. One year of your life looking for your, your keys and for stuff that you can't find, right? Two years uh, trying to return phone calls and, and messages. Four years doing housework. Four years just simply cleaning up. Uh, five years waiting in line. Six years eating. <laughs> That's what you typically, right? We, 
we don't have, when you start adding all that stuff up, it's like, man, I'm running out of time. What am I going to do with it? We've got to make the most of every opportunity. We've got to use it to really live under the rule and reign of God. And so how are most people spending that time they've got now? The average person back in 2019 spent 153 minutes per day on social media over two hours. That's what social media and computer time, internet time, has replaced TV time in our society now. Are we really using our time in a way that honors God? What's going to matter when you reach the end of your life? It's, do you know Jesus? And have you shared that hope with others? Have you lived your life in such a way that you've shared that same hope with the other people around you? Um, As we close today, here's what I want to ask you to do as we enter into our response time. Um, That thought I asked you to think about earlier, what is that worry? What is that thing that's stressing you? What is that thing that you're anxious about? Um, Over at the cross, we have some slips of paper, uh, some pens over there at the the, the table. I want you to just write it out, um, whatever it is, and I want you to take it. I want you to tape it to the cross and just leave it there today. What Paul said in Colossians, he said, Jesus canceled the record of the charges against us and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. We can leave our anxiety, our worry, our fear at the cross. We can give it to Jesus and let him take care of it. For today has enough worry of its own. Let's let God handle it. Let's trust him to be the God that he is. He knows you. He sees you. He cares about you. And so uh, as we close today, that's part of our response is I want to invite you to do that at any time uh, during our last song, after our last song, uh, before you leave, uh, you're welcome to go up to the cross and just leave. I would love at the end of our second service today to see that cross absolutely full of stuff that people are worried and stressed out about. And just let's leave it there. Let's not take it with us. I want us to understand that we don't have control of the future, but God does. And so let's trust Him with our future. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank You today. Lord, help us as we struggle in a world that constantly tells us that we have to be stressed out and worried and anxious and fearful. Help us to realize that we have the peace of God that transcends all understanding. That's what guards our hearts and our minds. It's not what the media tells us. It's not what politicians tells us. God, help us to understand what you have told us. Help us to trust in your promises. Help us to trust in your love. Help us to look to the cross where Jesus died on our behalf to see how much you truly love us. And then help us to live our life in response to that. So, Heavenly Father, as we close today, my prayer is that, one, that if there's anybody listening or anybody here that has yet to make you the Lord of their life, that today they would do that. They would just surrender right here, right now, and say, Jesus, I want you to be my master. I want you to be my ruler. I want you to be my Lord.